0: This is a new comedy slash teen drama sort of thing directed by Amy Poehler. It's kind of like Mean Girls for Gen Z, I guess, but not as good. Um, I don't want to get ahead of myself, though. This is based on a novel of the same name by Jennifer Mathieu that came out a few years ago. It stars Hadley Robinson, Lauren Sai, Patrick Schwarzenegger, Nico Haraga, Sidney Park, Josephine Langford, Clark Gregg, and Ike Barinholtz. Also, we have Amy Poehler, who plays the mother of our main character. This came out via Netflix on Wednesday, and it's been getting mixed reviews so far. And to get us into the setup for this film, Abby, take it away. What What is Moxie all about?
1: Sure. Moxie tells the story of uh, a young high schooler named Vivian, played by Hadley Robinson. Uh, she is entering her sophomore year at high school. It's uh, some kind of unspecified location in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and her mom, uh, Lisa, played by Amy Poehler, uh, was kind of, uh, I don't know, she was, she, was, she was a bit of a hellraiser in high school um, and uh, kind of uh, riot girl style 90s feminist as we learn from kind of her her history
0: yeah she was like if if uh brie larson from captain marvel hadn't gotten superpowers she'd probably be the mom in this
1: Right, yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, uh, she she listens to uh, listens to a lot of Bikini Kill, but uh, importantly, only Rebel Girl because that's the only song that Bikini Kill has ever produced. We'll talk about that later. Um, but uh, Vivian is is a fairly uh, subdued individual. She just kind of tries to get through high school without uh, anybody really bugging her. She and her her best friend Claudia, uh, played by Lauren Tsai, um, are just kind of. They're sort of along for the ride. Uh that all changes when a new student named Lucy, uh played by Alicia Pascual Pena, shows up at their school and is immediately harassed by um Patrick Schwarzenegger's character Mitchell, uh, who's kind of the 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 school jock. He's the, the captain of the, the football team.
0: Yeah, he's like the the Brock Turner, but the high school years.
1: Yes. Yeah. Uh, so after seeing how Lucy is being treated by Mitchell, Vivian decides that she is, she's, she's not going to take it anymore. She's tired of, of just kind of dealing with stuff. And especially the fact that their principal principal Shelley played by Marcia Gay Harden is really not doing much to, uh, to kind of curb Mitchell's behavior and seems to be enabling it in some ways. Um, so she starts a zine inspired by her mom's teen years called Moxie that, uh, she kind of copies and distributes out anonymously. Nobody knows that it's her doing it and nobody would expect that it would be her doing it because she's usually so quiet. Um, Kind of taking the, uh, the culture of their school to task and uh, asking women in the school, as well as allies to kind of stand up and note that that behavior is not acceptable. Um, and she kind of finds a ally slash crush slash boyfriend in, uh, Nico Haraga's character, Seth, who is supportive of that and kind of accidentally finds out that it's her doing it fairly early on. I am not, I don't know. I I'm kind of torn on this because there are some elements of, of Moxie that are really cute. Um, I should also note that, um, the uh, The author of the uh, of the book Jennifer Mathieu uh, has some Kansas City connections. She used to work at the Kansas City Star, so it's cool to see some local representation on uh, on screen, even if the movie is kind of has has some issues. I know Amy Poehler has kind of come under uh, fire a little bit uh, in recent years for having a kind of white centric feminist stance. Um, I will say that uh, that Moxie does like it. It does take Vivian's character to task in a couple of ways that I appreciate. There's some discussion of um, her ability to kind of stand out and do kind of counter uh, authoritative action as a form of white privilege, which I I think it's important that that gets called out, that not everybody has the the same experiences and the same freedoms. There are some elements, particularly late in the film, that feel real bad. Um there's a one one particular um turn that the plot takes is very serious and kind of changes the vibe of the rest of the movie in a way that I feel like would have been better addressed up front. Uh and it would have been more helpful to put a certain character's experiences more front and center than Vivian's because as it stands, the way that this reveal takes place in the third act of the movie Vivian has to react to something that has happened to another character who has been on the sidelines up until this point and in taking a stand makes that character's trauma about her in a way that doesn't feel great. So there are there are some issues that I had with it that are kind of I don't know that. Yeah, take take some pretty serious missteps that probably need to be. Uh, looked at it a little more closely um, but there are some other things that I appreciate that it tries to do um, but for the love of God Hollywood please look at the rest of Bikini Kill's discography I swear <laughs> there are more songs there are yeah. good songs that you can play that are not necessarily Rebel Girl and people who listen to Bikini Kill will know what they are just like I do and they will appreciate that you took a stance and tried something different
0: yeah yeah this this movie this thing really wants the 90s to come back And usually I'm all for that. I mean, I would say the dream of the nineties is live on Netflix, you know, between this and like everybody sucks. And I think like nineties nostalgia is such a tricky thing. And I just don't think we've really nailed it yet, which is really weird because I feel like eighties nostalgia was already like in full swing years and years and years before, you know, the, the time for it had come, but I don't know with this movie, I very much was like, Oh, okay. Like a fanzine that's like straight out of the late nineties. It just, it, it, to me, it felt like a comic book movie without comic books or superheroes or anything like that. It just really felt like a bubblegum kind of take on white feminism. Like you're saying, particularly with like, there's a lot of people of color in this, but it does revolve around this like white girl who is inspired by people of color and uses their opinions and their stances on things to create the agency of this movie. There there's a lot of weirdness around that. Um so I, I found myself rolling my eyes a lot at Moxie, but never hating it. I actually, you know, I think that it's very, very watchable. And I think that there's some fun moments in it. And I like a lot of these characters in the film, particularly Lauren sai I, I appreciated some of the more complexities with her character, particularly with what you were talking about, with how she and uh her her friendship with Vivian kind of rang true. To me, there, there's some stuff in here about, you know, a first relationship, about when you make new friends and how they don't click as well with your old friends. And there's clearly a lot of good intentions here. I just think that this thing clearly it's like if your mom made a movie for the teens, this is kind of how it would turn out. We love our mom. But, you know, obviously there's going to be some things in here that feel a little off. Uh, but what, what do you think, Will? Do you think your mom did a good job with this film?
2: Yeah. Uh... No, I, I mean, I don't want to put my mom on the spot here. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I feel bad. Your um, mom is
0: Amy Poehler, right?
2: Uh, no, she is not. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think I'm pretty in line with where Abby is on this one. To me, this felt very much like an algorithm type film in that it felt like the type of thing that Netflix has on their site because they're like. Hey, we may not have the rights of Mean Girls or Easy A or Booksmart or Bring It On forever. So, like, what's type a movie that we can recommend if like these movies go off the site? And for me, that that added to the artifice of it. That that added to the inauthenticity of it. As Abby was mentioning, like, it, I think the intentions of it are fine. Like, I don't I don't think it's trying to be cynical or anything like that. If anything, it's just trying to be very earnest and sweet. But the execution of it just strives to move away from anything being that authentic. That it just doesn't quite work when it does actually bring, like Abby was saying, some like very real stuff to the end in a way that that doesn't really connect with the film. And uh, I I can very much tell, as I mentioned, that it's inspired by Booksmart, but I think Booksmart is able to be this heightened world in a way that's uh, effective because it it has no preconceptions about that. Like all the characters are obviously sort of like this like heightened gen. Z type personalities but the movie is willing to like kind of acknowledge that like we're on this like other playing field like we can have some real moments but we're also like on this level throughout and I just don't think Amy Poehler really gets that vibe throughout it just felt like a very uh, misstep and type thing in that It just doesn't quite ever really find its groove. And like you you were saying, John, I I know it's going for that kind of casual vibe. And I I don't think that's a bad thing necessarily. But at the same time, I just I, I didn't really find myself connecting with it too much.
0: Yeah, I mean, those movies that you're referencing Mean Girls, Easy A, Booksmart, they're consistently funny. And that really helps, you know, that really helps dress up the more preachy aspects of those films than it does anything else, because ultimately Mean Girls is obviously has good intentions too. It's trying to tell a story about bullying and EZA is trying to tell a story about slut shaming. And Booksmart is trying to tell a story about, you know, not looking down on your classmates and thinking you're always better than them. And those are really great ideas. And this one has a a shell of an idea of like, you know, don't let, you know, boys will be boys is pretty messed up when you really think about it. And this whole school is like cartoonishly it like slavish to like upholding like a very very toxic culture they even kind of mentioned in the movie that there's like there's something really wrong with this school and it it feels so cartoonish and it feels so out of reach that i think that it undercuts the point <laughs> or like the reforms that have to happen
1: it it feels like a it it feels like a very special episode of a school i think like there's just like rampant sexism throughout and uh, the principal the needs that- to be fired Yes. Like, yeah. And yeah, it's moved. a female principal who, like, I would have been interested to see a female principal character who is trying her best to try and mitigate a situation like this at this school, while also knowing that her hands are tied to a certain extent because of her position and who she has to work with. And also because her she's she's generationally different. And so there are some things that she just won't know that to me would be really interesting. And some of these other movies, like I would say Booksmart has characters that are like that, like it's possible to do.
0: Yeah, Promising Young Woman. Yes,
1: Promising Young Woman does that too. It's there's it's it feels very flat and simplified in a way that I don't know, maybe works in a YA standpoint. But I mean, I don't think that there's a Gen Z teenager out there today who would watch this and think, yeah, that tracks.
0: Yeah, it's a shame too because the, the, the cast here is really talented. Kind of mentioned Nico Haraga before is kind of like the nice guy in this. He is a little bit like, okay, he can't do anything wrong. <laughs> you know, they have to have like that one character, that one uh, male character who is an ally who isn't going to like mess up, which again, it's more aspirational than it is believable. But, you know, that's something that I appreciate. And I think he pulls it off with his performance. However, Josie Toda. Not enough Josie Tota in this movie. Uh, she has proven through Saved by the Bell that like she is a truly like rising talent, and in this movie she's such a background character, and she has like way too much charisma for that. And you can kind of tell her character without even trying is screaming to be a bigger part of this movie. But unfortunately, I think just this just was being made before her star power started to really take off. She she was like a Disney Channel um person, and then she is just like kind of starting to get more breakout roles. And they they kind of, I think, hint toward her being transgender, but it doesn't quite go there. So it, I guess if you're received by the Bell fan, just be prepared for that awkwardness because it, it definitely st- uh, sticks out.
2: I think they are explicit about her transgender identity, to be fair. But otherwise, yeah, I do agree.
0: I might I might have missed
2: it. Yeah,
1: it's not very clear. She says, that uh i there the the school won't call her by her new name and that could be for a variety of reasons the most likely of which is is that she is transgender but it's never actually said that that's why
0: Right. So if you're like aware of her and like on all of that stuff, it it definitely is like you can you can tell what's going on. But yeah, I just wish I was like, well, get into that a little bit more. Like, you know, that that to me, seems like something, especially in this day and age, that is much more of a contentious issue. But uh, regardless, this movie is trying to be a little bit broader. It's being trying to be a little bit more all things to all teenagers, I guess. And ultimately, I just think it's a little bit of an awkward mess. So I'm I'm a low C plus and it's a C plus just because I think that it, it's trying and it, it gives an effort and you can definitely get through it. And I think some people will enjoy it for the most part. And I don't think it's, I think it's ultimately pretty harmless, but I don't think it's very smart, uh, very book smart, I guess it's not, it's, this is not an easy a, um, uh, but I, d- I definitely don't want to be a mean girl about it. So C plus for me, how, did that, how was that? Was that bad?
1: That was- uh, I say, <laughs> wow. don't bring it on.
0: <laughs> Sorry. It on. I, I just get a little dazed and confused sometimes.
1: Oh geez, that's no. <laughs> right.
0: Abby Chessie, uh, yeah, yeah. What, what are your final thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, I I want to like this. There are things about this that I I want to like, but there's so much of it that just rings false, and there are so many other movies that touch on some similar themes in ways that I think appeal more to the audience that it's trying to reach and feel more realistic to those scenarios. Um, you know, book smart, everybody watch Booksmart. smart. Um, I would probably give it a high B minus, I think is kind of where I'm at. There are things about it that are enjoyable and fun. Um, there's some humor in it that I did like. Uh, I appreciate the uh, portrayal of, of women, standing up for each other um and there are some aspirational aspects to certain characters that i think it's nice to kind of see but ultimately it's it yeah it's really not reaching the areas that it needs to reach needs to reach and a large part of that i think is because of the uh generational difference and focus behind the camera
0: all right you know will you're you're the youngest of us and i think you you actually have like a family member in like the demographic for this movie yeah um if you want to yeah, if you want to say like did she check this out and or if not would you recommend this to her what what do you think
2: uh i mean she watched a little bit of it with me when i was watching it i i I think she seemed kind of interested but i don't know what her opinion is so i can't speak on that but um
0: little do you know she's like at fedex office right now printing off copies of (laughs) her own i mean i uh, will say
2: um I, I don't know who that that actor is, but the FedEx guy is probably my favorite character in this whole movie because he's one of the few characters that actually got a pretty consistent laugh out of me. Just as general, just kind of like, yeah, sure, okay, um, <laughs> what do you want? Um, I don't know. That worked for me,
0: but um, yeah, that's um Ron Perkins. Oh, is it? He's okay. a, he he yeah he was um he was one of the guys in uh, Spider Man um the two thousand two one. Uh, he was also in Prestige. I, I'm trying to remember. He's been on some TV t- things too.
2: OK, I think I know who you're talking
0: about. It's, yeah, you, you seen him in too. all kinds of stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think like Abby was saying, this is a movie that's pretty much at odds with itself. It's trying to be intersectional. I think it's trying to have a good spirit, like good rah-rah, you know, attacking spirit. But I just don't think it quite sticks to landing because like we we're saying, like so many of the characters, the side characters are one dimensional and outlandish in a way that that doesn't really communicate. The, the themes of the film too well or a way that that feels authentic and then we have these actual grounded moments in that are better I mean from a directorial standpoint but they just don't jive with the rest of the film and they just come into the story rather awkwardly and it shows that I think Polar is getting better as a filmmaker like there's an opening scene here that that feels way more stylistic than anything else in the rest of the film which I'm very curious to know about that but um, otherwise, yeah, it's another film that just kind of feels like a Twitter thread uh, in film form. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't doesn't really feel more than that, ultimately, because it just doesn't quite reach that that authenticity that I think is is necessary. But I do agree that the cast here, the young actors, I think are generally pretty good. And I, I also enjoyed Ike Barinholt. I thought he was fun for his side part um you know and there's also like a like um newscasting kind of thing that with a guy who's very consistently trying to make pirate puns that that occasionally got a chuckle out of me like there's there's some things with the comedy that i don't think are bad but by and large i do agree with you john that it just doesn't it just an awkward mess and for that i have to give it a uh, pretty high c okay yeah
0: and by the way greg puller uh Amy's puller's uh brother Uh, Plays uh, one of the news anchors in this. Not the pirate guy, obviously. (laughs) She doesn't have a brother that young. But yeah, yeah. I I, I definitely want to see more from Polar. I think that this is a big improvement over Wine Country, which I thought was just barely watchable. Like if that. Like that movie was just a whole lot of nothing. Um, But this movie definitely feels a little bit like it's got something to it and got some energy to it. So that is Moxie. It is available to watch on Netflix. It is 111 minutes long, so just under two hours. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Be sure to subscribe to Cinemaholics on your favorite podcast app of choice or find us on YouTube. See you all next time.